We here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So we're going we're gonna to take you on this journey today. And, and first of all, I mean, I want to invite you to don't think, don't think you know this stuff. Okay. The power to a, a transformed life and a transformed mind is for you to be open to change. Humility really is the, what, God gives God grace to who? The humble. And what is the humble? The humble is I'm willing to be wrong. Or I'm willing to be the one who doesn't know it all. Again, I'm willing to, to, to enjoy something more than, than what I have already. Or I'm, I'm willing to, to just grow in my revelation, my understanding of who I am, of what I've got, of what the Bible says, Pastor Norman. I'm willing to, to, to say, listen, maybe this, this scripture has more than what I thought it has. So I'm going to start off, and um, if you want to grab your phones or you want to get the word, um, you, you need to follow. But if you just want to listen and enjoy, that's also good. But Romans 12 and verse 2. Romans 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Okay, what does the word entire mean? All of it. So it really means everything that we thought we knew or that we knew, we need to change. Like, not some of it, everything, the entire renewal of our minds, by a new ideal and a new attitude. Say attitude. attitude. Who wants to live with a new attitude? You know when you sit at work and you walk, someone walks in and is like, oh, it's Monday and oh, I don't want to be here. And that's not a good attitude. If we're like, yeah, are you a Christian? Yeah, I think so. Like, my dad was and I go to church. and That's not the attitude that we have. We need to be renewed in the attitude of our minds, the Word says. And that's the transformed life, to live according to that. Be transformed, be changed, entire renewal, new ideas, new um, attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. So God knows what's best, okay? Amen. Everyone says amen to that, obviously. But do we know what God says? I know the plans I have for you. Amen, brother. 2911. We know that. It's on our scriptures. It's on our fridges. It's maybe on your background somewhere. But do you know the plans? God says, I know. God knows. But do you know? Not your plans. His plans. What is His plans for us? Can I invite you on a journey today to go and explore the fullness of God's plan for us. The fullness of God's plan for us. Not what we think. And I mean, I'm sure we're grace people. Who's grace people in the room? Okay, so we live in freedom. We call ourselves grace people. But, but what if there's more? What if there's more than not the law? What if Jesus came not only to fulfill the law, but to take us into a kingdom? Yes, He came to fulfill the law. Amen, we know that. But what else? When Jesus hung on the cross, He said it is finished, and then other things happened. What happened? He died after that. He went down into the depths after that. 
He was risen after that. He was resurrected. He was ascended. And guess what? Acts 1.8 says, then the power was poured out. So it is finished, and then a lot of things happened. So if we say we're grace people, we're finished with the law. Yes, amen, I'm, I'm 100% with that, but where do we go from there? We need to go into heaven, Ephesians 2.6. Seated in Christ in heavenly places. Yeah, amen, brother, we'll get there and we operate from rest, but no. We don't get this necessarily. We need to be transformed. The word there can be, um, can be called changed, but again, changed is like I go to the gym and I, my, I change. It's not that. And I want to speak a little bit about being born again. And, and I've said it a few times in the last few weeks, and I have a problem with that statement. Okay, if your coffee didn't wake you up, then hopefully you're awake by now. <laughs> I have a problem with the statement being born again. And I'll show you why. So Colossians 1 and verse 12. Colossians 1 and verse 12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He has conveyed us where? Away from the law. No, into a kingdom, a kingdom of light. A kingdom of the Son of His love. I love those terms. The word conveyed there could also be, and some of the other translations put it as translated. Translated literally means to be taken out of one area, one, one, one place, and right into something in some way completely different. So born again for me, the word, and, and, and I mean maybe you got this and it's just new for me, but born again for me almost has this, this thinking that I have a clean slate. And that's why people recommit and they want to reassign and they want to rewipe their slate and they want to start over. And yes, God gives you a second chance every day and 70 times 7. All of that is true. But it is, it has to be more. It has to be more. Otherwise, what is translated? What is conveyed? What is transformed? It doesn't say restart, return to default, reset. You know, if you go my iPad, um, I had a very old iPad and the thing was very, very slow. Now, what do you do if it's very, very slow? You try and restart it, and then you try and charge it, and then you try and uninstall some apps, and then you try and update your software, and then it says, sorry sir, we actually want you to buy a new one, so no more software upgrades available, okay? So if that doesn't work and it's still too slow, what do you do then? You go right down and you scroll down, and there under the last tick on your settings is reset factory settings. Okay, now that is what a lot of people think born again is. Starting over. Okay. Again, like I said, if you think you know this, just stick with us. We're going to go somewhere today. What does it mean to be conformed, transformed, translated, conveyed to, to what? Into the kingdom. Now, what did Jesus come to preach? Kingdom. Where is the kingdom? I was so blessed by this. I, was, I couldn't sleep last night. Okay. I was like, my mind was just running over and like, I envisualized these conferences and I, I speak to God and I, like, God, what's it going to be and how's it going to fit in? And, and this is the first conference, every speaker, I could exactly tell them, this is where you fit in, this is where we're going, this is what you're going to share on. You can ask them. <laughs> Usually it's a bit vague, I'll say, oh, what's on your heart? Like, this is what I want you to share on, this is where we're going, this is how we're going to put it out. 
And I, I couldn't sleep, so I took out my, my phone because I don't want to page my Bible because it will wake my wife. And I, and I put my phone on dark setting mode and I, I read Luke. And I read in Luke that it says the kingdom is on the inside. So what did Jesus come to preach? What is on the inside? The kingdom of God is on the inside of you. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not riches, wealth and fancy cars. Peter, don't say that. Don't say that. You know what? Living for money is the least. Why would you serve mammon if you can serve God? Why want you to live for, for riches of this world if you've got the riches of who God is on the inside of you? Living the transformed life, having Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's live the transformed life. And yes, riches may come and it may go, but guess what? It's not about that. Colossians 1 and verse 12 from the NIV says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in what? The kingdom of light. So if the kingdom is on the inside and it's called the kingdom of light, what does that mean? All of a sudden, we look like Iron Man. We've got this light shining from the inside of us. The light shining forth. All that God's goodness and glory and all that He is. From where? From the inside out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And what does some of the translations even do? There's an Afrikaans translation. I was so upset, Pastor Norman. I was so upset when I read this translation. This translation says that God really wants to save you. So work hard for it. I looked at the original because I was like, this is so radically different to the New King James. Like, someone has to be wrong here. God really wants to save you. Oh, shame. Oh, God. Eh? He really wants to do something for us. We really want to change our lives, but we just that, like it's Saturday. I don't want to work for it. Or it's, it's too early. I mean, it's winter now. It's like it's, it's Cape Town. The sun only rises. I'm not going to get up and, and work for my salvation. Like, maybe in the summer. No. God really wanted to save you, so He sent His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son so that you can not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. God is not like looking for a plan. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to save you, not to hurt you, to harm you, but to give you a future hope and expected end. Guess what? Can I tell you that that scripture has been fulfilled? God knew the plans He had for us and that was Jesus. God knew the plans He had for us and that was Christ living in us, the hope of glory. A future, a hope, and an expected end. Colossians 1.27 says what? Christ in you, the hope. Jeremiah 29.11 I know the plans I have for you. Plans of hope, future, expected end. What comes in the future? Jesus. What is He? The hope of the world. Where does He live? On the inside of us. What is God's plan? Oh man, we're going to have to fast for it, mountain time. No, God's plan is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not Christ in the guy in front. Because what happens if I go sit down and someone else does a session? Then Christ stays here and like, we need to be in and out of Him. No, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never leave you nor forsake you. Colossians 1 and 13 from the Amplified says, For He has rescued us and has drawn us to Himself from the dominion of darkness 
and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have the redemption. Look at this. Listen to this. Why do we have the redemption? Because God really wants to save us and we need to work hard for it. No. We have the redemption because of His sacrifice, resulting in the forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of sin's penalty. Amen. Amen. What do we have? You see, if you live to overcome sin, to beat sin, you are not living out your calling. You are living out Jesus' calling. Because John, John 1.29 says, Behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. So if you're trying to overcome sin every day of your life, then you are trying to live what Jesus already accomplished. Where now we live from a place going forward into it is finished, then He dies, then He resurrects, and then He's risen. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out. And now what did Jesus say in John 16? All of that is for your benefit. It's better for you that I go away because now the Holy Spirit can live in each and every one of us. How true is that? How awesome is that? A transformed life. It has taken place through a transfer. Transfer, transpose, transform, conveyed. All these words we need to get. All it means change, but it means radical change. That We could make this the Radical Change Men's Conference. But transformers just sounded more cool, didn't it? It means to be transposed, to transfer. Now, the word is interesting. The word means there's a change because of a transfer. So you rent a house, then you pay money, and now there's a transfer of that house into your name. Now you're no longer a renter, you're an owner. There was a transfer and a transaction. It's exactly the same when we live the transformed life. There was a transaction Jesus paid, and now He has transferred the rights of heaven into our very names. We are no longer renting space in the kingdom. We are owners with God who is our Father. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You cannot be evicted. And you do not have to work for it. Because Jesus said it is finished. Aren't we living the transformed life? Remember, I'm taking you places this morning. We're going to show you the fullness of what it means. It says, the transformation happens to depart from life or to die. That's, that, that's strong concordance. It, the word there, it means death and resurrection. It means you need to die to the old to, to live with the new. So it's not just resetting your factory settings. It's becoming a completely new species. We know these things, don't we? But is it head knowledge or is it this is who I am? This is who, how I live and this is where we go. Not living. We, Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, lay aside every weight. One of the translations says everything that slows you down. How many traditions are slowing us down? How many things, how many religious jargon is slowing us down? He says, and the sin. He says, forget about the sin. Yes, sin will slow you down, but realize that it's paid for. Realize that it's fulfilled. Realize that you are free. And let's run the race that is set before us. Not looking unto ourselves, but looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of what? Our faith. Oh, brother, I need more faith. No, you need Jesus. And if you have Him, you have faith. It's the faith of God. Fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace. Faith. Not confession. 
Moving on. To transfer is to depart from life or to die. What does Galatians 2.20 say? It says, it's no longer I who live because I have been crucified with God, with Christ. It means, if I'm crucified, I am dead. Now, the old me have died. Now, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So, we don't have any dead people here this morning. Just check your neighbor. Okay, so, I mean, it was a scary week, a little bit for some people. Everyone okay? Everyone alive? Everyone still breathing? But the word says that you have been crucified with Christ. So who is there now living in us? It is Christ's very life that now sustains us. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see that that transaction, that transfer has taken place. It's no longer me living. Now his plans has been fulfilled. The plans of future, the plans of hope, the plans of Christ now living in me, through me. The problem is Christ is living in every born-again believer. But is He living through them? Are we letting Him out? Or are we trying to contain Him? It's like, I just don't want to lose Him. Oh, I don't want to sin because I don't want to lose Christ. I, don't want to, I want to lose this moment. I don't want to lose this open heaven feeling. I, no, He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen, brother, we know that. But live like it. Let's live like it. Let's change. Walk out here today, changed men. Let's walk out here changed. The word that, that I have a problem with in the, in, the, in the English translation there is the word again. Born again. Now before I go into the detail, let's go to 1 John 5. 1 John 5 and verse 1. And I'm reading from the Amplified. And it says, Everyone who believes with a deep abiding trust in the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, is what? Born of God. And then the Amplified does all the work for us and it says in brackets, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for His purpose. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the child born of Him. Born again, resetting the factory settings. What is born of God? Okay, so I'm not born of a dog. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm born of my mother. I am begotten of my mother. Therefore, I am human. Am I still human if I'm born from God? I'm a new species. I'm now like God because I am born, I am begotten of God. So you see, being born again is in our minds and it's not this is what happened to you that's what I'm telling you if you're born again truly born again you are born from above but I want you to live the born from above the born from God life not the born again 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 life I know I gave my heart to God many times all throughout school many times that was resetting the factory settings I was born from above once I was cut to the heart I knew I needed a Savior and I believed that I needed Him so badly. And I've never been the same again. My life changed in 2008. And I'm seeing now what happened so many years back. And on the one side, I'm like, why didn't I know this earlier? And on the other side, I'm like super excited. Let's run full steam ahead. 
living with what we've been carrying inside of us for so long. Living the transformed life. Born from above. Born of God. Spiritually transformed. Wow. Spiritually transformed. Like Transformers, you know the movies. It looks like a normal car. And then Optimus Prime like pops out or Bumblebee is a little beetle or whatever. That's a Corvette now. And then it like pops out and it's this amazing robot. Now I want you to walk out here who you really are. What's really on the inside. The full potential of Christ in you is who you are in Christ. And it is who Christ is in you. Listen to what I just said. The full potential of who you are is who you are in Christ. Yes. But it is also who Christ is in you. What I'm saying is your full potential is exactly the same as Christ's full potential. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Living forward with that mindset. Spiritually transformed. No longer looking, conforming like the Corvette or the Beetle or the normal car that like everyone in the world lives. And we walk around in our earth suits and we look like everyone else, but we are not like everyone else. Amen? We are not like everyone else. We've got world overcoming power on the inside of us. We've got the power of God right on the inside of us. The power that rose Jesus from the grave. How do you raise a dead person? You let out what is already on the inside of you. Yes, you roll away the stone like Jesus said to Lazarus' um, keepers. Roll away the stone. Do away with the law. But that's not all. Lazarus didn't come out walking when they rolled the stone. That was the first step. He came out walking when the power of God inside of Christ Jesus spoke out and said, Come out, Lazarus. And what happened next? He came out. What did Jesus say? He said many things. (laughs) Didn't he? He said, you will do what I did and greater things. Because Jesus couldn't see people get born again. He couldn't see them become born from above. Yes, he enabled that. He he opened the veil. He made the pathway. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But we get to share the way, the truth, and the life and see them become born again. Born of God. Born from above. Spiritually transformed. Renewed. Transformed. Into what? Into Christ-like beings. Christ inside of us. The hope of glory. 1 John 5 and verse 4 says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. That's a statement. It's not an invitation. Everyone born of God is victorious. How many of us are fighting for victory? Don't raise your hand. But my hand is up, by the way. (laughs) Because we're not there yet. Our minds are not yet completely renewed. We have been transformed 100% in the Spirit, but our minds, it happens. What's the problem with with the the born-again experience? It's too quick. It's such a miracle. It happens in an instance, and then we need to spend our rest of our lives realizing, understanding what has happened in that moment. For me, it was on the beach in Jeffreys Bay. And I think it was just after 12, so I think it's 2008. So that's my born again, born from above, born of God birthday. And I promise you, for me, that's even more important than my normal birthday. Because that is the life that I, that's the birthday that I'm going to have for eternity. 
That's the birthday I'm going to celebrate in heaven. Because before that, I was dead in heaven. But that day, there was a party in heaven because I was born from heaven, born of God, born again, born from above. Transformed in the Spirit, being renewed, being one with God. Wherein is our victory in being born of God? When do we obtain it? When we are born of God. How do we get it? We become born of God. Simple. No 10 steps. No 50 steps. No 40 days. Wherein is your victory? Everyone who is born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. How do we become victorious? We get born of God. How do we overcome the world? We get born of God. Morning. Everyone here. Morning, Paul. Has that happened for you? If not, then you're at the right place this morning, my friend. You're going to walk out here. Your wife, your girlfriend, your family is not going to realize who's coming back. You're going to have them phone us to explain why you are so awesome. You're going to be a blessing to everyone around you. Because you are going to walk around not trying to overcome sin, not trying to be victorious, not trying to overcome the world. I mean, I thought I'm going to share on conforming, but I'm just going to share on transforming. Is that fine with you? The world is boring. Who's with me? They've been in this fear cycle now for more than a year. It's boring. Let's let out. Imagine this with me for a moment. The church of God, like the many millions of people that say they are Christians. Let's for a moment assume that all of them are born of, of God. And we know that's a very false assumption. I went through all the stamps and stickers and certificates and I only got... I got born again many times to the natural man. I got born from above only once. I reset my factory settings. I wrote my sins down. We put them on a cross. We burned it. All of those things. We did that many times. Sounds weird now if you tell people that. Sounds weird. You probably did it too. I hear some yeses. I'm not the only weird guy. That was resetting the factory settings. Wiping your slate clean. Wiping your slate clean. But you know what? I remember even at school. At one stage, you would wipe the, the, the board in front. You will wipe it, wipe it, and then and the teacher like, I don't need to, we're online, I don't need to share this, but there was a guy in my lecturers in university. He had like a weird thing in his stomach, okay? He had like a briak. And it made this bulge, and then every time he would write on the board, and he would turn around, it would be full of chalk. <laughs> and then he would write again, and then whatever jersey he had, like, shame, and he just had to, like, either get prayed for or go for an operation. But the point is that board becomes dirty. And even if you wipe it again, it becomes dirty. And after a while, it loses that covering almost. And, and it, you need to spray it. And then you need to constantly spray it. Whiteboards are the same. You've seen it. Then you need to that alcohol spray. But actually, you're just rubbing away the covering. And that is what the born again. And eventually, you get tired of being born again, 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 again. And you're like, I heard enough. This, this doesn't work. If you're really sincere, you, you, you stick through for a few years. But then somewhere the logic kicks in. And it's just like, this is not, I mean, this is horrible. I'm not having any fun. I'm rather going to have fun and either go to hell or hope for a cancer, sick bed, so I have enough time to fix my life with Jesus. That's the world thinking. That's conforming thinking. Jesus says, listen, man, I've got something new for you. You are unstainable, without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. You've been transformed. You can write and write and write and write and write and I'll never see anything because the ever-cleansing blood of Christ ever cleanses. 
You are no longer even in this sin state, because sin for us is verbs, it's works, but he says, no, sin is your nature. So I'm not a sinner saved by grace. No, I was a sinner. I got saved by grace. Actually, I got born again into God, from God, begotten of the Spirit, transformed, and now I am living as one transformed man with the Holy Spirit as my power source with Christ in me, the hope of glory. No, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. We need Jesus. Praise Him. Hallelujah. No, change your attitude. Remember, I didn't sleep last night, so I'm tired, so you might get some more this morning out of me. This is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 5 of the Amplified says, Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? Just like he has to repeat this because it is too good for people to take it. So he's saying, you are overcomers when you get born again. Who is now victorious? You see, that's a great way of teaching. So I'm asking you, who's victorious? Everyone that's born of God. Everyone that's born from above. It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Can I share with you a secret that is worth the price ticket that you paid, which you didn't pay, by the way? He asks a very simple question. He says, who is victorious and who overcomes the world? And then he goes on and he answers it for us. And he says, it is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Can I let you in on a little secret? Nothing. Say nothing. Nothing outside of Jesus brings victory. Not Bitcoin. Not Dogecoin. Not Tesla. Not even Chelsea or Man City. or Not an MBA. Not another job. Not a bigger business. There isn't anything out there that the world is chasing that brings victory. Or that overcomes what we are facing in this world. The only thing is being born of God. That's why billionaires can lie on their deathbed. That's why Bill Gates with his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are getting divorced currently. Because vaccining the whole world doesn't bring victory in this life. Having the being the richest man in this world doesn't make you a happy marriage. Having all the money in the world doesn't make you sleep at night. But having the security of knowing that you are one with God and with Christ for all eternity, that makes you sleep at night. Or when you are awake, you are spending time with God and you're in the Word and you're just enjoying this time and say, God, show me what tomorrow looks like. Isn't that what Jesus did? I'm not lying there, oh, I need to sleep, I need to sleep. I'm like, Lord, what does tomorrow look like? Spend time in His Word. Be refreshed. There's no other way. Verse 10, the one who believes in the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies confidently on Him as Savior, has the testimony within Himself because He can speak authoritatively. Authoritatively, that's a big word. It means to be about... Let me read it first. Because He can speak authoritatively about Christ from His own personal experience. The one who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be a liar because he does not believe in the evidence that God has given regarding his son. What he's saying is, we're only really confident if we've experienced this. I know when I got born again because I know that. 
And I know when the times it didn't work because I know that I've experienced it, but I have been activated, transformed, translated because I had a personal experience and therefore I, I can stand here this morning and I'm not a salesman because I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm trying to give you something. A salesman wants your money in return. I'm giving this for free. People ask me, but you're going to give food at this conference. What does it cost? I'm like, nothing. Yes, we'll take up an offering if you want to give, but God didn't show me there's going to be five people who's going to give 5,000 rand and we're going to cover the cost. No. That's not how we do this. This is for free. This is so good that you cannot put a price tag on it. Because if we had, you know what the price tag is? The price tag is Jesus and that's already been paid. And no one else can pay that again. We cannot co-crucify the Son of God again. Like He's been crucified once. Let's go to verse 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Regenerated is the word there. Born of God, begotten. The word can be translated regenerated. To beget, to be born, to bring forth, to conceive, to be delivered of. Unbegotten of God means I'm delivered of God. In that make an offspring. You are an offspring. What does that mean? You are of that spring. You're of that spring. What is the spring? God. You're an offspring of God. That's why you have inside of you rivers of living water. What is that? It's the power of God water. It's the Holy Spirit inside of us. It is who God is. Why is this so important? And why am I like just hammering this on a Saturday morning on the 8th of May in 2021 when I'm sure you have better things to do. No, you don't. That's why you are here. Amen? That's why you are here. To get polished, to get stirred up, to be renewed in your thinking to who we really are, to know what God's plans are for us and that those plans has been fulfilled. Amen? If we're going to hold on to a plan in the future, we are missing the point. Why is this so important? Why am I hammering this fact? You know that this is the original sin. What does Genesis teach us? That God made man in His image and His likeness. Okay? Who was there? Who did He make? He made Adam. Guys, that's why this is a men's conference. We need to lead. We need to lead with this revelation. We need to lead the transformed life and we'll need to lead our wives and our families and our communities into this life. And as a church, as Grace Life, we are, I mean, we're going deep into what this means. And I, and Shane and I spoke and I said, Shane, I really see that we need to get the guys together to get this, to lead the way with their wives, their families, their friends, their communities, even their businesses. Because you know what? Adam was made in the image and likeness of God and he knew that. But he didn't share that with his wife. What was his name? What was her name? Woman. So Adam was of God and he named his wife woman of man. He said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. What about the spirit? Genesis 3 and verse 1, we know this. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord has made. Why do, what is the entry point? that we jump into that statement now gives us a clue that something happened so now we advertise this conference so now you are here so it says now the serpent was more cunning so there was a there was a gap there was a crack in the armor there was a 
there was a gap. It's like in rugby when those centers, they see a gap or they, they spot the prop and they wanna, they're going to go on his shoulder because they like a Cheslin Colby. They said the problem with Cheslin Colby is you don't know what feet he's going to step off. All the other guys have one foot they step off, but he's got like many. Like, I don't think he's got more than two, it seems like it. So let's go and let, let's just return quickly and see what is it that he's speaking of. In Genesis 2 and verse 21, so we're just reversing. And it says, The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord of God taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Shall, um, she shall be called woman. So who was, who was doing the name? Who gave the names? Adam gave the names. And then he gave a name to his wife. He called her woman. And it means out of man. Because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. Important there. Flesh. And they were both naked. And the man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. Now the serpent. You see he spotted a shortcoming. He spotted an unknowing. And why am I hammering this again on a Saturday morning? Because if we do not know this stuff, the serpent is cunning and he spots a gap in our armor. No, that sounds very wrong. In our thinking. Man, perish is not for a lack in your armor. No, because you have the armor of God which is full and complete. Man, perishes for a lack of knowledge. Our faith becomes effective when? When we live perfect lives and commit every sin? No. Confess every sin? No. Pray every day? No. When we acknowledge the goodness of who Christ is on the inside of us. Every good and perfect thing. Philemon 1 over 6. Our faith needs to become effective. We need to have attitudes, guys. Leading our families, our communities, our wives in this. Saying, I will not fall down. Yes, COVID may come, businesses may die, but guess what? That's just fleshly, that's earthly, that's temporal. I'm not born from here, I'm born from above. I'm spiritually transformed, I'm renewed. So why am I hammering this again? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made and said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the trees of the fruit of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of a garden, God said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So it's all flesh and bone stuff. Eyes. Taste, see, touch. So he's just operating on the natural level with her. And guess what? That's the only way that she knows. Because Adam missed an opportunity to tell her that you are like God. You're made in His image and likeness. I never saw this until last night. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. We know that part, but guys, it's Adam's fault. I think it's in Timothy it says that Eve was deceived, but Adam wasn't. Sure, guys. Why? Because Adam knew, and Eve didn't, that she was already like God. What are we eating? What are we being cunned by, deceived by? What, are, what, what, what is the cunning stuff of this world that's making us wanting to be more like God? When we are born of God. Spiritually transformed, renewed, born from above. Transformed, new species. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. 1 John 5 and verse 19. 
We know this. The world doesn't. Transformed lives, conformed lives. We need to live for more than the rest. We don't want to be the best of the rest. We are one with God, born from above. It's not only a lack of knowledge that caused the original sin, but it's also wanting to be more like God leads to something. It leads to a legalistic work-based life. We want to earn this. We want to be like God, so I want to do like God. No, you are like God, so be like God, so live like God, so do like God. It needs to start in the root. It cannot start in the fruit. Then it's a Christmas tree Christian, and I don't want to bite those apples, do you? So we looked at the original sin. Let's look at Luke 15. So Luke 15, the same thing happens here. And we leave Luke 15 and we always speak about the father and we speak about um, the, the, the prodigal, the, the son. But I want to speak about the older brother today. So Luke 15 and verse 31 says, And he said to him, Son, Gents, God is saying to you this morning, Son. Son. One word. If you, what did you learn today? What did you take from here? If you take that word, and all that is encompassed in that. 1 John says that we are beloved. Now are we the sons of God. Son. I mean, you know the whole story, if you don't, the younger son takes the inheritance, he goes and spills it in a righteous living, there's a famine, there's a whole business lesson in there that I won't give today, like, don't live it all out, like, look at Joseph, he did it much better. Comes back, the father embraces him, kisses him, robe of righteousness, ring of covenant, feet of good news of message, all those things, I mean, I love, that. that's one of my favorite sermons to teach. And what about the second one? Because the thing is, we, we can relate with the, the youngest son maybe once in our lives and then we, we get right. Amen? We get born again. But then we start living like the oldest son. Then we know we're in home, but we're still working to stay there. We're working to earn. We're working to, to have our keep, to have our room, to, to enjoy the presence of the Father. And by doing that, what is he doing? He's missing the nature, the presence, the intimacy of the Father. He's missing the heart of God. He's still a son, but that's why the father looks at him, and I'm sure there's eyes, tears, and it's not because he is jealous or bitter. That's not why the tears are there. The tears are there because he doesn't know who he is and what he has. And this morning, close your eyes for a moment and see God staring into your very eyes now with a massive smile on his face. And he's speaking the following words over you. He says, Son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. I can just, I can just see shackles of guilt, of performance, of anxiety, of stress, just... Just full of your, your, your lives right now. And I speak that over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let these men know that they are sons. 
that you are always with them and that all that you have is ours. Holy Spirit, lead us into that revelation, the fullness of truth, which is the reality from which we now can live, which is one with you for all eternity. Now I want you to, while your eyes are closed, to imagine what it means, what it looks like even, to be a new species. And that species is Christ. Christ is the only begotten and we are born into Him, baptized into Him. The Word says that He is the only begotten, but we are baptized, we are engulfed, we are surrounded, we are merged with Him. He is the new creation, and we are one with Him. And that's why He says to you this morning, Son, (laughs) just hear those words, Son, the God of the universe Speaking to you right now, says, Son. Whether you're in the room or online, God speaks over you sonship, identity, belonging. Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. Transformed, translated, born of God, born from above. You can open your eyes. The Father then explains just a little bit in one verse, in verse 32, it says, It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive. He didn't get a factory reset. He was dead and now he's alive. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Amen? The Word says that. Yet now you're alive unto God in Christ Jesus. He was lost and is found. I'm going into my conclusion. And I want to, just quickly, I I have to, I just feel I have to look at John 3 when we speak about born again, born from above. Because that's where Jesus and Nicodemus has this intimate conversation in the night time. And and Nicodemus is this, this teacher of the Hebrews and he's supposed to understand these things. Yeah. Pause quickly. So Jesus tells a story about Lazarus and the poor guy. Or Lazarus, the poor guy, and the rich man. And then, like, um, Lazarus dies. Not Lazarus, that Lazarus, but the other Lazarus in the, 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 the story. And Lazarus dies, and he is in Abraham's bosom. And then the poor man, he's, he's the poor man, and the rich guy is on the other side, and he is in, the, in Hades. He's where he's tormenting. And he says, can, can Lazarus just wet, dip his finger and, like, come into my mouth? And Abraham says, no, there's a gap between us, and you can't. And he says, but can he just go back? And tell my brothers. And you know what the Bible says? The words there of Jesus is, if they did not listen to Moses and the prophets, someone raising from the dead will not convince them. If we do not see the picture of Christ, the plan of salvation, the future, the hope, the plans God has for us in Moses and the prophets, then someone raising from the dead will not convince us. We need to see the prophecy spoken out throughout the Bible and we need to see the fulfillment of that in Christ. And we need to then live on into what that means for us. That's why the world doesn't... 
you know someone who, who rose from the dead. I mean, we have testimonies of many people being risen from the dead. Why? We don't believe in them. But we believe in the one who's the Son of God, who's been prophesied. The whole Bible is about Him. He is the pivot of the universe. He is what it's about. He is what the Scriptures have entailed. He is the shadow, the picture, the story. And now we live in the fullness of who that is. And even Jesus Himself said, a man raising from the dead will not convince anyone. But we need to find Christ in Moses and the prophets. Guys, the world becomes alive when the Old Testament is enlightened with the eyes of Christ, the light of salvation, the hope of the nations, the one who now lives on the inside of us. That is the transformed life. We are no longer living in the prophecy. We're no longer living in the law. I didn't say that. We are living in the fullness, the fulfillment, but we are living as one with Christ. We're living in the Jesus that said, it's better that I go away, the flesh, because I'm going to pour out the Spirit. Back to John 3. Now there's a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a member of the Sanhedrin among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know without any doubt that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs, these wonders, these attesting miracles that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, and most solemnly I say to you, unless a person is born again, that's where we, that's where we get it. I'm just going to skip the brackets quickly, okay? Because the brackets is going to give it all away. A person is born again. He cannot ever see the experience of the kingdom of God. The King James says, Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The word again has been translated. I'm reading this so that I'm not just quoting it, or I'm just not paraphrasing it. I'm reading this. I actually had someone help me with this research. So, uh, like, it's proper. The word again has been translated from the Greek word anoven, which according to Strong's Concordance has been derived from the Greek word ano, which means above, up, upward, or high. So we come to again, but the translation, the word, actually the base word is higher, above, upward. The usage of the word anoven is first translated by Strong's to mean from above with Thayer also first translating the word as from above and from a higher place. Only the third definition of Thayer translates it as again. Therefore, a correct translation of John 3.3 would rather include that a man to be born from above, which would be consistent with Scripture taking about being, talking about being one with the risen Christ or being raised from the dead with Christ, who is the firstborn from the dead. Let me read the Amplified to you again. Jesus answered him. Who answered? Who knows what he's talking about? Amen, that's Jesus. Come on, guys. I assure you, and most certainly I say you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. Isn't that a better translation? Come on, guys. It's not resetting your factory settings. You've been born again, born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, set apart, fulfilled, complete, one with God for all eternity. You are not restarting, restarting, restarting. You know when your laptop is tired, you reboot it. That's not the Christian life. In Christ you are complete. You never grow tired. What? God never sleeps nor slumbers. Where is He now? He's in us. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Where is He? He's in us. Jesus is the hope of the world. He's the light of the world. 
He's the light of glory. He's the hope of all future. He's the life of God. Where is He? He's in us. Where are you? In Priti Hotel. No. <laughs> You're in Christ. You're one with Him. There's one born again spirit and you are one with Him. One, but 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17. You're one with Him. So guys, I include you in this. Let's live lives not born of water only, as the word says in um, John, 4, John 3. Let's continue. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? So even Nicodemus didn't get it. He wanted to be born again. Jesus said, No, you need to be born from above. Nicodemus says, But I can't be born again. We don't even know if Nicodemus' mother is still alive. It might be difficult if your mom is dead. I assure you, and most solemnly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Where's the kingdom? On the inside. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. It's physical. It's merely physical. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again or anew, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it. You hear its sounds, but you don't know where it is coming from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You don't know where this came from. You don't know where this is going. Except that you are one with God if you have received Christ Jesus. You are one with Him for all eternity. You are complete in Christ. You can't get born again again. If you want to get born again 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 again, go for it. But get born again from above. It's not a restart. It's a new species. It's a transformed life. It's transferred. It's, you're not where you, where you were. Like you know the month end, like you see some money transferred out of your account. Is that money still where you had it? <laughs> it's gone. You have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness. It's gone. It's sent somewhere else. You've been sent somewhere else. You've been sent in the kingdom of light. Born from above. Renewed in the Spirit, sanctified, one with God. When you look at your old bank account, it's empty. Nothing there. Because all of who you are has now been transferred, sent forth, born again from above into Christ, one Spirit with Him. I hope you made notes. You got some homework. It's all scriptures we know, but go deeper. Go look for it. Verse 18, and I'm closing. Whoever believes and has decided to trust in Him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But the one who does not believe and has decided to reject Him as personal Savior and Lord is judged already. There's no judgment in Christ. There's no condemnation. There's no rejection. Because God is never going to reject Jesus. And when you are born from above, you're born into Him. So He cannot ever reject you. If you think God rejects you, then He has to reject His Son, Jesus. Guys, we're logical. We're usually the logical side of the relationship, aren't we? So let's not overcomplicate it. Let's take it for what it is and let's find out what does it mean for us and let's live according to this life. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. We thank You that we can 
grow in our knowledge and understanding like Paul prayed, that the eyes of our heart will be enlightened to realize who we really are this morning. And Father, right now, I just want to, I just want to give an opportunity. If there's anyone here who is not 100% sure that you've been born of the Spirit, born from above, begotten of God, I want you to do that and make sure right now. It's not born again, it's born from above. It's not confessing your sins, it's becoming one with God. I'm not going to call you forward or anything, but I want you to, just where you are, while everyone's eyes are closed, just open your hands as a way of indicating that you are receiving this. And this is the last time that you ever have to receive this. You never ever have to receive this again because when you are born with God, one from above, it is a one-time deal. So where you are, like just pray in your heart and say, Father, I accept this. Father, I receive this. Father, I want to enjoy this. Father, I know that Jesus died, that He is no longer dead, that He is risen, that He is one with you, that He is seated in heaven, and that I am now one with Him. I accept that. I receive that. My life, my new identity, one with God, one with Christ, one with His Spirit. I am now a new creation. Never again to be called a sinner. But when God looks at you right now, sir, He speaks the word son. Son. Son of God. Beloved of God. Beloved Son of God. Man of valor. One with Christ. Anointed. King. Priest. Leader. World overcomer. Victorious. Why? Because you've been transformed in a moment. And we want to walk a journey with you of, of discipling you into what has just happened. And you, <laughs> guys, there's a party in heaven right now. The angels are phoning each other and saying, listen, guys, there's, there's new babies in heaven. There's new, there's new sons here. The house is ready. The children has arrived. Welcome to family. Welcome to your eternity. Welcome to your life with God. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.